everyone. Welcome to the Eye on the U podcast, Miami Herald's Miami Hurricanes podcast. I'm David Wilson, and I am joined, as always, on the other line by Susan Miller-Degnan, our Hurricanes beat writer here at the Herald. Susan, how's it going? It's going well, David. Thank you. Looking forward to another uh, another Saturday. Yeah, uh, obviously, uh, we are coming off a... Um, an angsty lost, I think, lost, I think how I would describe the loss to app or the, the angsty win, I should say, uh, felt yeah. like a loss the way Miami fans were reacting to it. Um, obviously exactly. Miami needed a, uh, last minute field goal, basically not last minute. I think it was like three minutes left, something like that, uh, to win, to avoid an upset from Appalachian state, uh, a pretty good Appalachian state team, but obviously, um, a team that a ranked team like Miami should beat, uh, they got it done. It was scary. Um, but pulled it out in the end. Um, I think both of us came on last week after the Alabama game. And, you know, like a lot of people, I think we're kind of willing to give Miami a little bit of a pass for it. Right. We were willing to not a pass, obviously, but like we weren't going to judge the team on that one loss. Um, but now we've got two, two games, obviously, of sample size, still very small sample size, still obviously a couple of weeks out from ACC play. But, um, you know, I felt – I think I said it last week. After the Alabama game, I felt like I learned nothing. Like I went into the Appalachian State game basically having no idea what this Miami team actually was going to look like this year. Um, and so I was kind of treating Saturday like a first impression, and, and quite frankly, the uh, first impression was not very good. Yes, uh, definitely agree with that. Uh, not, not a good first impression. Uh, it's, I mean, it's happened a lot over the, over the past several years, but it, I mean, this win felt like a loss. Um, it did. I, and, and, and of course the fans are up in arms. I, I understand. Um, I understand why. Um, and it is, uh, yes, it's extremely worrisome. Yeah, actually. Uh, yeah, because I mean, home opener, right. I just, uh, just a, a lethargic offense as far as, as far as when they need to score, needed to score, which we've said several times this week, as far as the, uh, red zone goes and scoring touchdowns, um, they just couldn't finish drives and, um, yeah, it was, it was not pretty. And uh, except for uh, Andy Borgales, it was not good. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think it's all negatives come out. Again, you beat App State. Like that is a, um, you know, if, if you'd beaten Appalachian State by two touchdowns, I think, I think there would have still been some people, uninformed people who would have been upset by that. But like, you know, that would have been fine. Like Appalachian State, like I said, is good. That is one of the best probably non AAC G5 teams there is, um, you know, they've been ranked, I think at various points uh, at some point in each of the last three seasons would not be a surprise to see them climb up into the top 25 um, by the end of the year, if they run the table in the Sun Belt, like they kind of often do. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. So again, not, not all negatives. I think there, there's definitely some positives to look at. Like you said, Andy Borgalis. Uh, I think the defense, you know, holding App State to 3.3 yards per carry is um, really, really good. And obviously the the biggest question mark, I think, coming for this team coming into the year was the run defense. And it has been like kind of one of the, the biggest strengths of the team so far. Um, 
obviously the, the reason for frustration and, and, you know, there's obviously internal frustration of Miami about this too, is um, the offense, which was supposed to be what carried this team. It was supposed to be a defense that was a work in progress. Obviously Manny Diaz coming back to, to run the defense. Um, you know, some obviously guys changing positions um, in incorporating transfers, um, you know, obviously some really talented young guys who I think we expected to, get better as the year went on, like, like James Williams, Cam Kinchins, and, and even Leonard Taylor. Um, but the defense is kind of like, if not exceeded expectations, it's at least been like kind of what we expected. And, and obviously we went into the year thinking Miami was like a, you know, what were they? They were 15th in the country or something like that. Like we, we thought this was a top 15 or so team. Um, and the defense is playing the way I think we thought they needed to, to, to be at that level. Um, but it's the offense that, as you mentioned, has just, been bad so far obviously the Alabama game even if you throw that out their offensive performance against Appalachian State was is up there with their worst pretty much other than Alabama and Clemson the the Appalachian State was arguably the worst game Miami has played in in the Rhett Lashley era that has mostly been really positive but but through two weeks has obviously left this team I think averaging like 4.8 yards per play Um, I think it was like 5.3 against App State so just uh I know they talk about not scoring in the red zone, but but they're not moving the ball like they were last year either, and not getting the explosive plays like they were to to kind of um, make up for for some of you know when you run that kind of fast paced no huddle offense, sometimes you go three and out just because and it's quick and it, it looks really ugly, but you make up for it by getting those explosive plays, and, and they're basically not doing anything well on the offensive side. At least all the things they did well last year, they, they're not doing well so far this year. No, and uh, you know. Even Derek, which it, it, it is understandable, he's coming off, you know, the ACL tear um, and, and a relatively, what, what eight-month rehab, um, but doesn't, at least right now, okay, doesn't seem like quite the same Derek. Um, now, Alabama, again, skews things, right? right? He, two, two picks against Alabama and at least one of them wasn't his fault, I don't think. But um, um, yeah, just everything is not um, is not in sync right now, offensively. And now they lose uh, they lose Cheney, um, Don Cheney Jr. running back, which is really is going to hurt them, I think, or can it can hurt them potentially because Don Cheney Jr. is good. Yeah, I mean, he looked kind of like their best running back in two games. I know, again, only two games, but. Yeah, I think he had he he has a lot of potential, but he's out now with an ACL tear for the whole year. I feel really bad for him. Um, you know, he missed spring with a um, – he missed the spring game, I know, with a uh, – shoulder surgery. Right? Shoulder yeah. surgery. yeah. Um, so, I and he just got over that. And so you have to feel bad for the kid. And um, Jalen Knighton is suspended for yeah, the first two more weeks. Yeah. I mean, it's not, that's not good. And you, so now, you know, you've got Cam Harris and um, you know, a couple of couple of freshmen. Um, Cody Brown is, is his backup now, but uh, you know, there's, it's, they've got to, uh, somehow they've got to put it together this week 
because if they don't, um, I mean, I, I, you know, it's it's going to be hell. Put it that way. Yeah, I mean, it's a, this is a um, another kind of measuring stick type game for them. But but above all else, it's like if you're Manny Diaz right now, um, I think you kind of just want to you want to get to ACC play, like obviously like unscathed, right? Like I think right. people are going to be annoyed if, if there's another ugly win. Miami enters as a six point favorite. Um, again, Michigan state, if they win, will be a top 25 team. They're like 28th or 29th. I think if you look at like the others receiving votes, so this is another good team. Um, people, like I said, people are going to be frustrated if it's an ugly win and Miami barely escapes. Um, but I think if you're Miami, you just want to get through this. And then you got uh, central Connecticut state the following week, three and one, and then like ACC play that that's where you can, start to win people back over. I think you just got to get through this one uh, with a win. Like, I, I know style points matter in college football. Uh, a win matters more for Miami right now because, again, this team has to be judged on what happens in ACC play at, at this point. Obviously, a blowout would, I think, go a long way toward people being like, all right, they've, they've got this kind of figured out. And I'm not ruling out the possibility that at some point this offense is just going to click and – look like it did last year um, when it was uh, like a top 40 offense in the country. Um, you know, and considering what they were coming from the year before, that was an incredible feat. Um, I think we all expect the offense to be even better though this year. And so far it has not, has been significantly worse. Um, but because of what we saw last year, I'm not ruling out the possibility that, that, you know, my, both Manny Diaz and Rhett Lashley on Monday kind of were, had this message that like, they feel like they're close basically like, you know, a couple of play mm-hmm. here and there, and, and that's a blowout. I kind of disagree, but maybe they're right. You know, they obviously know more than I do. Um, and if they're right and this offense clicks at some point, then this team can be kind of right back where we thought they were going to be at the beginning of the year. They're, yeah, still, I mean, one and one. they're still one and one, which is where we expect them to be right now. Yes, that is definitely true. But I, I think it would be uh, prudent for them to win this week uh, more than just just getting by. Even though it, it, they are playing a Big Ten team, I know Michigan State had a had a bad year last year, but it was a weird COVID year. It really was. Yeah, first year with a new coach too. So yeah, new coach, and they didn't play that many games. I think, uh, and you know, but you know, Michigan State. They've played well. Northwestern, you know, they beat easily, and yep. then they blew out, you know, the FCS team last week. So it's, you know, they they don't have like an Alabama team that they've played. Okay, uh, right. they've got maybe the stats skewed the other way, but I think UM, you know, UM's only favored. We said what six points, six points. this game? Yep, six yep. points. I mean, that's. That's not by that many, right? And uh, like I always say, usually Vegas is somewhat correct, um, or more often than not. And you just you just hope that that the Hurricanes win this one uh, more decisively. Um, I think it would would look would be not just look much better if you know it would give them confidence because yeah. I mean next week they play Central Connecticut State. Right. So who's 
I mean, Central Connecticut State, forget it. I mean, that's they better win by like a hundred or something. Yeah, that that's like a, a sixty-three point win, like that. Yeah, line, I mean, so three points. Yeah, so like that, you can't even judge at all next week, and you know the fans aren't going to judge no matter what happens this week about next week. So I really think they, and even for themselves, uh, even the UM players for themselves, they they've got to they've got to show something this week. Um, it would go a, a really long way, actually. Well, they got to um, play better, right? Like that—that's a simple. That's just like the simple fact, right? They've got to yeah, figure got out to. what's wrong with this offense and and fix it. Um, and every week is a chance to do that. Um, yeah. They have to play a lot better. Yeah. No. Yeah, yeah. I, but like you, you know, steps, right? Like it, it's hard yes. to go from zero to a hundred. Like, but. You know, the, the thing is that this offense can do that, right? We saw that a lot last year where the offense had like, a, you know, a mediocre-ish game. And then the next week they would come out and like average like seven yards a play and uh, hit a bunch of long touchdowns. And, uh, you know, Derek would be running all over the field. Obviously the, the Derek running weapon does not seem to be quite uh, what it was. Kind of the, the lack of big plays is what has kind of, struck me so far right because like you, you expect that that's not going to happen against Alabama but like Appalachian State like I don't know like it felt like last year you could basically count on one like 40 yard play a game essentially um you know whether it was like a pop pass to, to Will Mallory which they ran a couple times or uh you know Jalen Knighton was pretty useful for that they, they're probably missing him obviously Mike Harley is useful for that um he's been pretty quiet so far um so I I think I think it's possible for this this offense to figure it out. I'm, I'm not like I said. I'm not going to rule it out at all. But um, I, I haven't seen signs of it so far, right? Um, and, and some of it is as they kind of talked about this week. A lot of like self inflicted stuff, right? They've been really bad and they've gotten uh, off schedule when they've had like those third and long type situations and um, had you know it kind of killed them early in the Alabama game when they had a, I think Zion Nelson ball started. It killed them. Obviously, uh, you know, the really the I don't want to say that it's not the well, obviously it was not the decisive swing of the game, but like the moment where the Appalachian State game went from being like kind of a, you know, like a normal-ish football game where you felt still good about Miami to where it was like all of a sudden like, uh-oh, was the Cam Harris touchdown run getting called back, then the field goal getting blocked, oh, yeah. kick return, touchdown. Like that's a uh, – 14 point swing right there. Like some a lot of it is kind of self-inflicted stuff. Um, and that's obviously on the coaches a, a lot. So they got to get that cleaned up. Um, and again, they just, they just got to play better on offense. And again, I don't doubt that they can play better on offense, but we just have not seen it yet. Um, and obviously losing Cheney doesn't help. Right. It's uh, yeah. You got to feel for Cam Harris. <laughs> doesn't it always seem going back I don't know how many seasons that when he gets some beautiful run or 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 mm-hmm. makes a catch in the backfield he probably had like four touchdowns called back in his career he's had so like many tu- oh my god he's had so many touchdowns called back so yeah um, and especially a play like sometimes it's been a holding call that gets called back and like okay that kind of makes sense right like you sprung a touchdown because of a hold right but that was like uh, it was a what uh, illegal formation that like didn't affect the play really. So, um, yeah. uh, one of the fixes Miami's going for this week is it sounds like they're going to change up the offensive line. Um, 
game one, the left side is still intact. Uh, Zion Nelson at left tackle, um, who is, I, I thought we talked to Karen justice on Tuesday and, and it's Barry, I think Barry wrote it for us this week, right. About like the most candid interview. He can really remember a Miami position coach having, um, he was really good in his evaluation of what he is seeing from that group right now. Uh, Zion Nelson, I think he's not worried yet. He's been fine basically. And with the time he missed in camp, he's right. being patient. Uh, he said left guard Jalen Rivers has been really good this year. Um, center Corey Gaynor has been kind of what you expect, but the right side has been a, has been a, a complicated puzzle right now. They've, they've had Navon Donaldson at right guard in each of the last two games. Um, Garen Justice explicitly said he's has not been good um, or not been good enough. Uh, right tackle week one was DJ Scape. He gets benched after he allows that strip sack. In the first quarter, I think it was of the Alabama game, maybe the second quarter, uh, they replaced him with Justice Olawashone. Olawashone, uh, good. who started against App State. Um, but now they're making another change, it sounds like. It's going to be, as Garen Justice said, a competition between Scaife and Jared Williams at right tackle and Justice and Navon Donaldson at right guard. Um, to me, the weird thing there is that, like, we all expected Jared Williams to be the starting right tackle at the start of the year. And he was the start, the number one right tackle at the start of training camp. Um, Aaron justice said DJ Scaife just played better than him in camp. Um, yep. But like, if I don't know, it's, it's weird that we're, it sounds like I'm not, I'm just going to assume that they're not going to go back to DJ Scaife. Um, but it sounds like it is an open competition, but it, it it's kind of weird that we're going to, potentially get to the point that we thought we were going to be at all along. Um, but it took us like three weeks to get there. Yeah. Um, the offensive line, um, just, just, just got to improve yeah. and scape, uh, that Alabama game. I mean, he's really going to have to prove himself. Right. In fact, in fact all the linemen, you know, you watch some of the plays, if you go back, you know, last game, and they don't, they're blocking, they, they kind of, they stop after their initial blocks. I don't, you know what I mean? They don't keep, they don't keep going and, and push the, the defensive line, you know, push the defensive lineman down, you know, keep, keep after the right. play, you know, keep, continue. Um, I mean, I, I've, I saw, I saw uh, Justice do that, but a lot of times you see the other guys just kind of, they stop blocking. You see that too, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean that's likely part of the run blocking issues, right? Is I'm, and I'm I'm not even talking about Alabama. I was talking about App State. You know. Um, yeah, I mean that's a team you should pretty much dominate in the trenches. Like that's where a Power Five team is supposed to have an edge on a team like App State. Like you know, good G five schools usually can have really good skill guys. Um, you know, they're easier to find kind of across the country and, and guys fall under the radar in that category. Um, you know, they a lot of times have a pretty good quarterback. Um, App State's quarterback played at Clemson. Like, I, I don't think he was particularly good, but like G5 teams get guys like that. The places where the G5 teams are supposed to struggle against these power five teams is, is up front. And I think Miami's defensive line, obviously, you know, like I said, 3.3 yards per carry for, for Appalachian state, a team that runs the ball really well. Like that's really good. Like Miami on that side of the ball. I, I think the defensive line has been good so far, the offensive line, which, and this is something we talked about, obviously, right? Like this, 
all the talk was about Miami having the most experience in the country of any offensive line. Yeah, I think exactly. we said before the Alabama game, like, that's great, but, like, who are the stars there? Like, who are the studs? Who are the all-conference caliber linemen? You know, Zion Nelson was one, and I think we thought maybe Jared Williams is going to be one, although we haven't even seen him play yet. But for the most part, um, you know, that the offensive line has been probably the biggest disappointment on the entire roster so far, considering what we thought they had a chance to be. Yeah, there it's it's all part of the uh, the, the all part of the formula that doesn't seem to be exactly working right now. So, um, you know, the, in, in in addition to uh, some in addition to and this is changing the subject a little, but some drops. By yeah. receiving. That's the thing on the off, like on the defense, like when this defense isn't working, I feel like you can typically kind of like pinpoint it to. You know, we've, we've obviously talked about the linebackers and safety is like missing gaps a lot, right? Like, and maybe for the offense, you know, they'd like to probably get more sacks. Um, although Manny Diaz said he's been really happy with the pressure, I think. And and I think some of like the TFL numbers and stuff to that bear that out. Um, but on the offense, it's really hard to just, like, I know we, we spent a lot of time just now talking about the offensive line and you mentioned D'Eric at the top and you're just starting to talk about the drops. And, but it really like, there's not one issue I think that you can just clean up on the offense in the same way that I think on the defense like being a little more sound tackling and being a little bit better in their gap assignments uh with the linebackers and safeties would go a long way um to you know Miami's issue kind of has like been giving up big plays um but the offense it's a much harder equation I think to solve right now yeah and 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 defensively I mean they've they've got you know, I, I know you were talking about, you know, lineup changes. Um, and, uh, you know, now, now they've lost n- not just Don Chaney on, on offense, but uh, they, you know, starting weak side linebacker, Keontra Smith um, on defense, he, he hurt his knee and yep. he's out for at least another month. And he was, he was their biggest surprise on defense. He was he was doing really yeah, he really good. steadied I think that that linebacker group a lot. Yeah, it was really good. Like we kept saying how undersized he was and everything, but he he was he, and Manny Diaz totally believes in him, and he was really good. And now he's out for a month, and that's really uh, worrisome. Okay, uh, and you know he's got a, He's got a kid, Wayman Steed, who is a fifth year he's a redshirt junior because the ncaa rules with covid but he's in his fifth year he's 23 years old and um basically he's hardly started in his career a couple two or three two or three starts i think uh you know and one was because of covid against duke one was a bowl game um this past bowl game but he's getting a start now at weak side and you know, he's been injured a lot. He said two ACL tears in his career, and he he tore the labrum on the shoulder in high school and missed a whole season. So, uh, you know, I'm I'm really pulling for this kid, but but who knows now what's going to happen with him starting? You know, as far as uh, defense goes. Um, so the defense, like you were saying, the run defense, which which has been better, is as evidence in this past game, now it's a whole different ball game. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, it's, 
I, I still, again, I kind of like what they, we've seen from the, the defensive line, considering what the expectations were. Yes. Dax are not there yet. Um, but, you know, 10 TFLs against Alabama. I know a lot of that probably came in garbage time, but that's a huge number. Um, and um, against App State, uh, I don't know the, the box score. I think they're averaging 10. I think yeah, I, I, it felt like, I mean, obviously those are, that was a really run heavy team and, and Appalachian State was behind the sticks a lot. You know, they got um, not just a, a sack, uh, right. They had the sack. Uh, I think Chance Williams had another sack, right. Um, or did he have the prep? They had a sack. And then they also, you know, the defensive line obviously created the, the turnover to the interception. I think that was what Chance Williams, right. He deflected. Yes, that was it. Um, yeah, yeah. So, you know, I, I think the, the front four has been better than I think we would have expected. I think the linebackers, like you said, have been better than we yep. expected. But, um, you know, now it's Wayman Steed in a big spot. Uh, we said we're going to see Avery Huff, maybe it sounds like a little bit. A guy I've been excited about since uh, since high school to see. Uh, so it'll be good to get an eye on him. Um, and I think – they might have to get creative there, though, at that linebacker spot, right? Maybe, you know, maybe Steed, you know, he's a veteran. He's healthy, I guess, finally, right? He said last year he was uh, not 100% when he was coming back from a, a knee injury. Um, right. But so maybe he'll, he'll, he will be a, an adequate replacement for Keontra Smith. But if not, um, they might have to get creative there, just like they did when they put Keontra there, right? That was a creative decision to move him off. You know, he came in as a safety, wound up at striker, moved to linebacker, and it worked. Um, I think Manny got asked. Uh, they they might have to do that. <laughs> yeah. I think Manny got asked about Gilbert Frierson as an option. I still wonder if, if there's going to be ways to get James Williams on the field because he's such a big physical safety and such a unique player. Um, you know, maybe Amari, you know, like you play two strikers, you play Amari and Frierson together. Uh, Chase Smith, another freshman. Could we see him maybe if they have to move guys around? Like, I think they got to get creative there. Um, and, you know, it's tough to experiment against a team like Michigan State that's uh, really good. But this is the time to kind of they, – they got to figure it out, obviously, here in the next couple of weeks um, because, you know, they, they're going to go into ACC season without Keontra Smith. And um, it's like the same way I wouldn't be surprised if the offense gets figured out. I wouldn't be surprised if some of those defensive issues pop back up. Uh, when you lose a piece like that and have to go further down the depth chart. Yeah. Yes. And an assistant, um, you know, a linebacker assistant coach, uh, John Patkey said that, you know, was asked that question about it. Were they thinking about taking, let's say striker Gil and putting him at linebacker. And he, he essentially said, it's not that they're not thinking about it, but they don't feel like they have to do it. And if you're going to, and maybe, maybe he was just saying that, you know what I mean? Maybe they've been working on it because we don't see much practice. Right. Maybe, you know, maybe they have kind of worked on it, wink, wink, a little bit, fooling around when we're not there or whatever. We didn't see it. Um, but, it, you know, to, I mean, excuse me, next week uh, against Central Connecticut State I, isn't, again, it's, I'm not saying it's a futile time to experiment, but anything you do is going to probably look good. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah, who who knows as far as that goes? And I, you know, Avery Huff, um, you just get the feeling that um, he's not necessarily. I, I think he's going to play. Yeah, he's uh, going to have to play. 
But don't you get the feeling from the coaches that he's not necessarily ready? Yeah, or... I think not ready is a good way to put it, right? They're, they've been high on him, I think, since the day he stepped on campus. Like, I feel like we've been hearing about him kind of since yeah. he showed up. But, uh, you know, he, uh, he had to, you know, he took an academic redshirt his freshman year. Um, right. Played sparingly last year. I think he was, I think he was a decent special teams player for them last year, actually. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, it, we're waiting for him to to kind of deliver on. I think the potential they think he has, and, and there's a big opportunity for him. Uh, the one thing I worry about, and it's kind of the, it's in some ways, it's like the defining characteristic of the Manny Diaz era is. I think Manny, I, I think the biggest strength he has is is adjusting, right? Like, you know, you saw him get rid of the. You know, reshape the offense after one year. He's reshaped the defense after the second year when it was underwhelming coaching staff wise. Um, I think the biggest criticism you could probably have for him is does he adjust fast enough? Does he adjust fast enough in the season? And that's like where I kind of worry, like if, if the Wayman Steed thing just doesn't work, then Michigan state's going to run all over them on Saturday. Right. And, mm-hmm. and then maybe they'll go to Gilbert Frierson or they'll try one of these experiments we've talked about. Zach McLeod, like, you know, they got guys obviously who have that body type uh, and, and, kind of have some experience in, in playing in a similar type of role, you know, maybe they'll go to that, but um, I worry about them not adjusting in the middle of the game, if it's kind of what they need. And um, that's, that's going to be the, the test for this team. When, when you've got. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. This game is is really crucial. Even though, I mean, they don't they don't start their. Uh, they don't start their ACC schedule for a while, but it, it just doesn't matter. I mean, right? Yeah, I mean, you know, if, if Miami yeah. loses on Saturday, uh, the the message is going to be you know, our goal is still to win the Coastal. All of our goals are still in play. Oh, make it to the ACC right. championship, and um, oh, but but yeah, I mean, that's just not how it works. <laughs> like, right? I mean, it's how it works, but like, you, like I said, they got they got to get through it unscathed again. I think. It, People are going to be annoyed if they uh, lose. Or people are going to be annoyed if they win ugly. I think yeah. winning is priority number one. But, but I, yeah, I'm, you're right. It's a good – I think I said it at the top. It's a measuring stick game for this team, right? Like, this is the kind of team that, you know, probably pretty comfortable to Appalachian State, quite frankly. Uh, maybe a little better. You know, they got P5 talent. They've, uh, you know, oh, yeah. better offensively than App State maybe. A little worse defensively perhaps. Um but again, this is a team that Miami goes in expecting to beat and not just expecting to beat, like, but expecting to, I don't want to say beat handily, well. but like, you don't need, so you don't need a, a 
field goal in the last three minutes to win. Like this should be a game where you're, you win, right? You outplay them and you win. And um, that's what they got to do, right? They got to outplay them and they got to win. I, I think, I think most importantly, Miami has to play well and win. Right. Uh, I, I, I mean, maybe, maybe Michigan state, you know, plays well, let's say, but Miami has to play well. In my opinion, they have not done it yet this year, right? That that's the, that's where that's the issue we're at right now, right? Is that um, they have one win, they have one loss, and they did not play well in either game. I don't think. I don't think they would say. Yeah, and that's they've got to do that. Uh, I mean, they. I totally agree with you, David. They've got to win. I mean, that's the most important thing. But they really, it would be extremely beneficial <laughs> if they could play well and win. Um, if you know, if they lose, uh, no matter what they say, uh, it's uh, I, the pressure then on Manny Diaz and the, the social media and the fans. Yeah, if, stuff. if they lose, it's not impossible to come back from, but like that is your margin for error. You are out of margin for error, right? The expectation coming this year was to win 10 games, I would say. I think like nine would have like nine and you make the ACC championship would have been like, all right, fine. Like, cool but the expectation i think for a lot of people was for this to be a 10-win team in this in this conference um you know the schedule as we talked about last week i think actually looked a little better than it did in the preseason with michigan state obviously um being a pretty good team it seems like which was not necessarily the expectation coming into the year um the coastal not having that same top heavy opponent with with unc looking not as good as we expected but being deeper but um yeah, like I said, if you lose, the expectation from a lot of people was to win 10 games. I'm sure that was – Miami probably didn't vocalize it, but if you had uh, gave Manny Diaz truth serum, I think he would have said that this team – we got to win 10 games this year. Um, and if you lose this, it's – that again, margin for error is, is kind of gone for that, right? Two losses already. Um, yeah, and, for sure. And the expectation also was not to almost lose. I know that's – I know, I know. but like, but I, you know, so the thing is, App State, it's, it's all we have to judge this team on basically, right? Yeah. But if, if it's yeah. the outlier game, then like, that's fine, right? Every team has a game where, unless you're like Alabama, um, you know, even Clemson, Georgia, like, even really good teams have played one bad game a year, right? They, they have an outlier game. If, if App State is the outlier game, then, that's kind of fine, right? The problem is it's all we have to go on right now. So right now it is the entire sample size. Um, so yeah, and I, and and I'm really also on the periphery, uh, interested in seeing how the Gators do against Alabama. Yeah, that'll be a good, uh, you yeah. know, because that's who we're we're measuring Miami up against. I think I still feel pretty uh, that they are better than Florida State um, after this weekend. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think we, everyone knows Miami's a little bit behind Florida right now, but the question is how far behind Florida, right? Like, I think yeah. that is, that's what Miami, you know, we saw two years ago when Miami and Florida played in the opening game and those teams looked pretty even. Um, and, and this will be a good sense of, of where the, the balance of power stands in the state right now among the big three. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um, should we, should we wrap up with, uh, Florida state losing to Jacksonville state? <laughs> sure. To let Miami fans get out of here on a light note. That was, 
that was the uh, that was other than the the cat. Yeah, that you which, uh, I don't know if, if people about. want the full coverage of the cat uh, on the Heat Check podcast this week. Anthony uh, was fascinated by it, so I gave him the whole the whole story that I from my perspective of uh, of what happened with the incident. So uh, if you're looking for cat content, if you got into this out minute of the pod, I don't know what minute we're in. Um, and they're like, Where, where's the cat? Where's the cat? Uh, listen to the Heat Check podcast this week. We got it covered over there. Yeah, that was the that was the got the most reaction uh, in that in that press box. Honestly, it was really good for Miami. I think um, Miami fans obviously don't care, right? Like they're frustrated with what happened on the field. But like ninety eight percent of the college football world probably just assumes Miami beat it. Like they don't. They have no idea how the game went. They just know Miami beat Appalachian That's State very, and caught a cat. Very good point. Right. Although Miami yeah. did drop a couple spots in the AP top twenty-five, yeah, so obviously some people were paying thank attention. You. But uh, Wait, I was, I was, David. I was just going to say that. Okay. Yeah. Miami, Miami drops from number what was it twenty-two to twenty-four in the AP, and they dropped out completely of the coaches' poll. But yeah, coaches don't care about falling cats. No. No, coaches probably don't even vote in those polls. No, they don't. It's, it's SID. Yes, I think yes, everyone knows that. The, the sports information directors. But, but um, you know, I yeah, people did know. Usually you're right. What you said is right. But I think people did notice the upstate game. Um, and anyway, getting back to FSU, uh, at the end of the game, we were – we were, In the press box. We were, we were in the press box writing. I guess that game must have started an hour later. That must have been an 8 o'clock game. Yeah, Start, started later, and somebody, I'm not even going to say who, uh, got very excited and started screaming. Uh, it, was, it, was, it wasn't it was not a beat writer. It was a uh, – Not a journalist, no. Yeah. Any papers or anything. But somebody started, like, freaking out about uh, the FSU game, which was go- – which was at the end and we're sitting there writing, still writing stuff about upstate. And this person said, Oh man, you got to see this. And we all ran up to the top level or to the up above the stairs at hard rock and were behind this person's computer watching um, and couldn't just couldn't believe it. Right. You can, you can go into more detail, but yeah, I mean, um, that that basically sums it up. Uh, I think, that uh, was a was a nice uh, way for Miami fans to end the weekend. I think after a a, a frustrating Saturday. Yeah, and the thing is that I still have in my mind uh, FSU. Now, I, obviously Notre Dame's not as good as we thought. Yeah, because they they had a close one. Was it Toledo? We were, we were watching the end of that game too before the game um, when Toledo almost, scored to go yeah. ahead, right? Or like, I, they, I don't remember the exactly what happened, but that was a close game down to the wire. That was exactly that was also down to the wire in Notre Dame. Um, but you know, the Notre, the, you know, previous Notre Dame FSU game, FSU actually looked pretty good, right? Right? Wasn't that 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 was the game where like Mackenzie, yeah. Mackenzie Milton came in right? with the helmet thing? Yeah, so I that that game that game made me think, oh, maybe it won't be so easy against FSU. So, and I don't think it ever, by the way. It never will be, right? It never is. It never will be. It never will be. It's always a crazy, insane fight. Yeah. So for Miami, 10 and two with a win against uh, Florida State still in play. Uh, Again, I think this weekend, 
it's still such a small sample size that I think this weekend is going to be really telling, right? Um, I think Miami did not play well against Appalachian State. This is their week to show that um, that was the outlier and not who they are. It would be, yes, it would be very, very important for them, I think. And then, and then, then they can go into Central Connecticut State and whatever. Yeah. You know? And then the, the, the Central Connecticut State, as a, after that, it's a short week going into Virginia. So we, we actually get up on the ACC play really quickly. Um, obviously, that's an opponent you want before you have a short week. Um, so, yes, yeah. very true. So, yep. yeah, this, is a, this is a big chance. This is a, a really big week for uh, setting expectations for this team for the rest of the year, I think is a good way to put it. Yep. We all agree on that one. All right. Uh, you can follow Susan on Twitter at SMillerDegnan. Uh, she'll get an advance for you uh, previewing the Miami-Michigan State game. Uh, also wrote about uh, Elijah Arroyo this week and, and the injury situation. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at DBWilson2. Uh, I wrote about Tyreek Stevenson um, after he had the, the game-winning pass breakup on Saturday. Um, so you can check that out at MiamiHerald.com. Um, otherwise, uh, until next week, uh, we'll talk to you guys later. 